Welcome back to Coffee and Cries, our Jordan episode Jordan. 23. As if I know much about Michael Jordan. Yeah, that's... that's a, who did Michael Jordan play for? The... The Bulls. Right. I knew that without even looking at your mouth. Okay. Because they're red. Right. I just remembered him playing for a red team. Smart. Speaking of vision, basketball starts up in a few weeks. (laughs) It really does. Speaking of Jordan. (laughs) Michael Jordan. My teams would have taken all the way. I don't. I can't say that on air. Anyway, we are. On air. We. Vision basketball starts shooting this from. I'm going to leave it. You go. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, that's. They're making all the fun changes when I've when I'm gone. So maybe, maybe unless stuff we'll there, we won't even we won't even. We'll discuss that. it later. Yeah, we'll, just behind the scenes stuff. But this week we're counting down the days in the studio. We have one podcast episode left, and then we will be ha- will be sorry. We'll be relocated to somewhere new to a newer, better facility. Right. But rip to the blue house on Buffalo Valley. That's okay. It's all right. Are you going to do taps? It's a little, my voice is a little ratchet today. Ratchet. It's your tongue tightness. So, can't do it today. But maybe, maybe they'll get to hear taps one day. It's my hidden talent. It's pretty good. He does it a lot when we see roadkill. Mm -hmm. Like, we'll just pass it. And especially if we name it. Like, there's um, Slim. We're just like, uh, Rip Slim. Rip Jerry. You have to get. It's, I think it's because I can sing tenor. Yeah, and so it's you have to like prepare pitch. for it. You just like, and then you can go. There's for a it. whole routine that you have to do before. Right. So like, if I anytime I get in the car, I do the routine before I get in because you never know when you're going to see roadkill. I'm just kidding. I don't do that. No, I don't do that. I've never. What? What did you hear that? I'm quoting. Doofenshmirtz from Phoenix and Ferb. Oh, that's cringe. <laughs> ew. ew, I thought you had like a big thing about why you knew that. No. Topeka, Kansas. Topeka, Kansas. That I was mean. really good. <laughs> Sorry. You sounded just like him. Stop watching that show. <laughs> that was good. So that's a good show. Um, anywho, how has your week gone? Anything new? Um, Not really. My life is revolving around two things right now. The house. Moving. And a mouse named Remy. True. He's back and better than ever. Never was gone. And he, I guess he wasn't, but he fooled me. This mouse, I have set out traps. I have done everything. There's a luscious glob of peanut butter on this trap. Why? It's like in. going to a buffet at Golden Corral. Like you walk in and I'm just like, yeah. Mm. Well, not really, but you know. But anyway, like, and the dude won't eat it, but he terrorizes my home. Terrorizes it. Well. I have to shut doors before I leave. Not much longer. Because I'm like, there's a mouse in here. I don't want him in my room. But he, he right. usually hangs out in the kitchen. We won't get into this whole spill. But I know exactly his routine. I've studied it. I know. Maps. He, he likes to run behind the fridge from the couch. So it, it creeps me out at night because I'll be sitting there and I'm like, is Remy underneath me right now? Just waiting. And you'll see him. <laughs> And you're like, oh, there he is. Oh, man. <laughs> but I even put a trap right in his path. He just walks around it. And he just doesn't want the peanut butter. He laughs at it. So He's mocking you. I found, and this is actually impressive, honestly. I had a box with Special K. Because he doesn't get inside the pantry. He can't, I guess. Because nothing in there has been bothered. But like, if I leave anything out, man eats it. I had a full box 
of Special K Red Berries cereal. That's some good cereal. Family size. Oh, big. And I set it on top of the freezer because I was going to put it. And this was not last night. This was like a couple weeks ago. But I didn't put it in the pantry. I just set it on the freezer. I went back like four days later. I'm like, oh, I need to put that in the uh, pantry. Picked it up empty. He ate all of it. Like, got into it from, no, you could tell he got in there from the bottom and ate all of the cereal. And it was an empty box. And I'm like, this this rat has superpowers. (laughs) Like, I don't want to say rat. I prefer a mouse. But rats and mice have a hold. Like, when you think of a rat, you're like, oh, it's it's like a a derogatory term. I think of like a, a, a rat in New York. Yeah, you know, like running down the sidewalk with pizza pizza in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> but like, Remy is like cute. He's small, but she is. I've seen him. He's not cute, but he is small. But I'm like, that dude somehow scaled my chest freezer. Okay, yeah. like a regular sized chest freezer scaled the freezer and ate a right whole now. box of cereal in four days. <laughs> Remy, if you can hear me, you're a menace. You're you're mean. <laughs> And you're a, a nuisance to society, which just my society. <laughs> just you. Just me. But, like, Titus doesn't care anymore. And I'm like, there's a mouse in the house with us. <laughs> and he doesn't care. He's just like, okay. I'm like, but he lives amongst us. And he was like, okay. And I was like, all right. Him and last year probably best friends. That's, what if they have, like, parties at night? That's <laughs> cute. Malassie doesn't get out, though. After eight, she stays out. Malassie doesn't get out at all. But anyway, I did not mean... Here I am rambling again. I didn't mean to. That's fine. But that's the things. I mean, moving um, and the rat, mouse, Remy. the mouse, Just Remy, Remy, is dominating my life right now. But this weekend, I get to go to Free and see all the people that went to Free. Oh, good. So, good. for me... Um, it's kind of just the same old, same old right now. It's school and work and fancy football started up now. So now I'm preoccupied at the moment. You when know. does it start? Like when do the games start? Uh, I think next week. Is, I have a lot of work to do. I think next week is when it kicks off, but I'm I'm not sure. I'll have to look that up. I hate fantasy football. You just now started. You you have no idea how much fun it is and how good it feels to win. You're like, I beat you with my imaginary team. Like, okay, I, I never had it put that way. See? But still, I'm just like, mm. Speaking of teams, this is the last thing I'm going to ramble on, and then it's all you. I'm sorry. Okay. And I've not even asked you this question, so it's completely caught by surprise. Next year... Okay. You know how much time's in between next year and here? It's going to take us that long to prepare. Okay. Next year, would you consider playing on a church league slow pitch softball team for Kane Creek? If we got like a bunch of people from Double Springs to play in the church league, that would be so fun. Yeah, like just to just to good. It's oh, it's slow pitch. It's not that hard. I used to pitch slow pitch. If I can do it, you can do it. I was a really good slow pitch player. I will. You can put me in the loop. That would be so fun. Not committing. Like, okay, let's just me, you, Ty. Richard's got to be in it. Richard. He's got to be an ace. I bet Neil and Diana are good. If not, Diana can bring the snacks. But this would be so fun. Like, you just go and play against Stephen Steve Baptist. Like, pff, come at me. Church of Christ. 
and we could get shirts made, and it would be fun. Like I think it would be a blast. Okay, you can keep me in the loop. I'm well, not committing fully, but why would you not commit? It's not that hard. Just because <laughs> Emline can play, and Aubrey, Bus, and Molly when she's home. That would be hilarious. It's <laughs> so fun. I just put me in the loop. So we're, we're gonna have to start practices. Like we're gonna practice, what? we're gonna condition through the winter. <laughs> we're gonna like start at the church, running foul poles at the church. Thirty go <laughs> at the church in like a full double spring sweatsuit, and we are going to like we'll get like Nike dry fit, like nice stuff, headbands, Lululemon, workout equipment, headbands, sponsored by Action, and this could go crazy. Sycamore, we're out for you. All right. <laughs> this is a formal challenge. We know a lot of people are listening from Sycamore. I'm gonna, Jackson and Dylan, we cha- I don't care if you mute it. We challenge you to Church kid. League Showdown. You know what? Not formally committed. He endorsed it, though. Officially. Coffee and Christ Podcast endorses Coffee playing Christ Church Dylan. League Church League softball, and we're going to dominate the bracket. Anywho, back to the Bible. You didn't finish your good things. That's that's it. It's pretty boring right now. It's just it's in a ro- routine, and so it's nice. It's nice. I know it happens. Bible time. Picking up Matthew. Dylan, where's your Bible? I left. <laughs> I left it at church oh on my, that counter. How are you? Are you like the Pharisees? Do you just know the scriptures? No. Where's the Bible? I left it. Here's what happened. Just pull out your phone. You don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us. No, I don't. Because you humiliated me in front of all well, of our... tell us. No, I won't. As you I won't. are pulling up your Bible. I've already got it pulled up. Good. So go ahead. You've already humiliated me. <laughs> Would you like to read? No. Okay. <laughs> Matthew. I'm just kidding. I will if you want me to. You tell me. Go ahead. Are you sure? You sure? No, I'll do it. Okay. Because this is right up my alleyway. I got That's it. true. This is all about history and traditions, and it's all on you. I, I got that. Spotlight's on you. Okay. Matthew, chapter chapter 15. Was that like sort of taps? Okay. No, it was... Okay. Never mind. Matthew, chapter 15, picking up in verse 1. Then Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. He answered them, and why... Do you break the command of the God of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or his mother, what you have gained from me is given to God. He need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, uh, you have made void of the word of God. You hypocrites! Well did Isaiah prophesy uh, for you uh, when he said. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines and commandments of men. Now I'm just going to ramble on. Go. And you just jump in or insert whenever you want. It's all you. Spotlight's but on you. The, the problem keeps happening here between the Pharisees and Jesus. The Pharisees just don't let it go. And that's all because of the Mishnah. And the Mishnah is their book that they created and it consists of rabbis basically inventing rules for the Jews, and the Jews were expected to follow these rules. And you know, and actually, the Mishnah was considered more important to the Jews than the Bible itself. And you could get way more in trouble violating the Mishnah than the Bible. 
And since it's not scripture, I love it. Jesus just pretty much ignores it and it, it infuriates them. And, you know, as he should, because it, it's, it's undermining the power of God. You know, they're completely taking it and changing it to fit their standards. And this also causes people, this also causes the rabbis to really not like Jesus, obviously, again, because it undermines them. And so, because if people start to follow Jesus and not follow the Mishnah, then there's no need for the Pharisees and no need for their power over them. And so much like previous conflicts that we've read about all in Matthew, like fasting, and uh, this is just another one of those, but instead it's about washing your hands. And so in verse 2 through 9, this is kind of the rest of it, Jesus clearly avoids the question and responds with another. And what he's referring to is that he's trying to get the Pharisees to... I mean, they're admitting that the Mishnah is held at a higher level than the Bible. And so he gives an example with the fourth commandment, honor your father and your mother. And the Jewish people knew this rule, and but the Pharisees are known for lovers of money. And they created a rule that prohibited Pharisees from giving money to non-Pharisees, or more likely their father and their mother. And this is just called Korban, and that just means that they're they're giving their money to the church instead of their family and not taking care of them. And so that's all that that the Korban really states. And then Jesus then in verse 7 calls them hypocrites. Um, and then he follows this up with the, the stuff said in Isaiah. And the lips... And here that uh, there he's just saying that God is not being honored by the lips uh, and not with their deed. Well, they are being honored by their lips because they're trying to act all holy, but not with their deeds. Just going back to our Korban where they're saying that they're giving money to the church instead of actually taking care of their people. And then that's pretty much all I got for all of that. But Well, if you think about it too, you know getting out of the history of it a little bit, a lot of people would read that and just kind of skim over it and not not understand truly what's going on. You know, this was a passage, you know, specifically, specifically the audience was the Pharisees. They were, Jesus was having a conversation. And is this a problem, do you think, even today? Absolutely. You know, there are different groups and organizations the first one that comes to my mind are the mormons Mm -hmm. you know they hold the book of mormon over the bible and they look to it for their authority over the bible and you know but even away from a sanctioned doctrine i'm using air quotes here Mm -hmm. away from a sanctioned doctrine you know we can do that in our everyday life too. If we hold our decisions higher than the Bible, then we're in a sense doing the same thing the Pharisees are doing. Right. You know, if we're saying, well, well, my opinion matters more than the Bible or my decision has more weight than the Bible, then number one, get over yourself because it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, the the ball stops at the Bible. You know, if it says do it, then do it. If it says don't do it, don't do it. That's it. Plain and simple. Mm-hmm. You know, there is nothing no, nothing that... Sorry. 
<laughs> nothing that that we say matters if it goes against the Bible. Nothing that we do, our actions don't matter if it goes against the Bible. And and that's a problem that we're going to see forever. Mm-hmm. But specifically, I think about again the Mormons and the Mormon Church and and them holding and not all of them do. Um, I actually know a Mormon that actually reads from the Bible, which would actually declassify as like a Mormon. Mormon. But he says he's a Mormon, so you just roll with it. But anything that we do in our lives that we think is higher than the Bible or we think the authority of that is more than that of the Bible, then we're wrong. And the Pharisees are wrong, and it's a very prevalent problem. We've, we've discussed this over and over and over again, but it's a problem right here, right now, of people doing it. Yeah. And individually people doing it. You know, just because, well, I know what the Bible says, but I don't really care. I'm going to do it my way. Well, that's not what, that's not what we're supposed to do. Yeah, we like to do things in that uh, the Word of God, we take the Word of God and we put it aside to do other things that suit us better. Right. And most of that is flesh. I mean, that's our biggest, that's God's biggest enemy is our own flesh. And, uh, and along with flesh comes with pride. And you can say you have grace and forgiveness, but something inside of you says, I'm going to judge someone else for their sins and then hold it to them. And uh, we expect this from God to have, you know, forgiveness and grace, but instead inside of us, we hold other people to that. And right. So, right. So, um, I'll read now. Okay. From my All that device. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's one of my pet peeves. I can't, I mean, I don't mind it. Like if somebody else does it, like it does not bother me a bit. For somebody in class to use their Bible or their phone app or worship doesn't bother me. But to me, it just burns me up for me to do it. So I'm just prefacing that. Do but you want to use my Bible? No, it's okay. I I'll can get over slide it. it across the table. I'm just dramatic. I'll get over it. So in verse 10, I'm already reading. Okay. It says, And he called the people to him and said to him, Hear and understand. Okay, first of all, if Jesus pulls a group of people together and says, hear and understand. You better hear. You better hear and you better understand. All right, so verse 11. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person. And the disciples came and said to him, do you know what the Pharisees were offended? Do, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard that this saying? And he answered them, every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. Let them alone, and they are blind guides, and if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into the pit. But Peter said to him, Explain the parable to us. And he said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adulter, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. These are what defile a person, but to... Eat with unwashed hands does not defile anybody. So this is in response to a continuing a response. Yeah. And that's what I love about this. Like they, they come, the Pharisees come to him with petty arguments, and then he basically puts them in their place, but then keeps going. Yeah. And so he, again, he says to them, calls people together and says, I want you to listen to what I'm about to say. You know, putting it in our own terms. It's not what goes into you that will defile you it's what comes out Mm -hmm. you know it's you know as christians we have different maturity levels you know all these things you know and this this is i may get a lot of hate for this but i mean 
a movie with bad language doesn't bother me. Or like, if it's excessive, like, if it's excessive, like, over, like, dropping the GD and the F-bomb, like, over and over and over, I'll be like, oh, my gosh. Like, but I, honestly, I won't change it because if you change the channel, it's going to be on every one. Yeah. Unfortunately, and I hate that, but some people can't stand to watch it. It's just farce temptation, I think. Right, just and like, that, that's that not something you. that tempts me. You know, they bad language you. doesn't yeah. bother me. I'm not going to go out and use it. I mean, there's there's times that we all make mistakes. You know, I say things I shouldn't say, but that's not a sin that, that causes me to stumble a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, um, you know, different different people have different maturity levels, and that's, that's kind of what he's saying. It's not what comes in. It's what you choose to put out. Mm-hmm. And that's what essentially will make or break a Christian. You know, what you can take in, you know, but what are you going to produce because of what you took in? That's that's where you get a little hairy. What comes out, what that's what defiles a person. So then the disciples came to him in verse 12 again and said, well, do you know the Pharisees were offended by this? Anyone shocked that the Pharisees were offended? Yeah. Not me. But they said, you know, you know, they were offended. And he answered saying, every plant that my heavenly father has planted or has not planted will be rooted up. Think about the weight of that verse. Oh, yeah. Every plant that my father has not planted will be rooted up. We're actually talking about that in class tonight at church. But what does that mean? You know, anything that doesn't come from God is not going to last. It's not the truth. And... There's so many things that that we expect as people to be done. There's so many things that that we expect to to accomplish, to do, and, and all these things. But it, if it's not planted by God, if it's not in His plan, if it's not something that He destined you to do, it's not gonna work. It's not. It's it's gonna be uprooted. You know, I'm. This is dumb. But, like, I, I, of course, I used to be an agriculture major. And, you know, they're, the big thing on the market, and this was a few years ago, but the big thing for commercial farmers was Roundup Ready crops, Roundup Ready seeds. Mm-hmm. And literally means that there is Roundup infused into the DNA of the seeds, and it's supposed to prevent weeds. And 92% of farmers that planted Roundup Ready seeds still had to come through and spray. Because you can't... Ma- I mean, there's so many genetically modified things, but you can only go so far. Yeah. As, as far it, This is in the land of agriculture, if you, if you care. I mean, a seed is a seed. You know, you can put Roundup Ready all you want. You can do no-till, all this stuff. But, I mean, essentially, a seed is a seed you're probably going to have to go out and spray Roundup. You're probably going to have to go, you know, there's some that are, you know, resistant to certain types of insects. You're probably still going to have to go spray an insecticide. It's just, yeah. it's, you can't do that much. And that's what we try to do. We, we try to genetically modify our life and say, well, I'm, I'm still a good person, but, I mean, you know, I'm still a good Christian, but I expect this. So I'm going to manifest this for myself. And then when we look back at it and we're like, well, why is this not working out the way that I thought it was supposed to? Or why is it? It's because God doesn't, it wasn't intended for that to happen in the first place. 
you know, and that's what that's what he's saying. He's like anything that that is not planted by my father, by God, is going to be uprooted. And we need to understand that as modern day 21st century Christians, that anything not planted by God, anything not blessed by God, anything is is gonna be uprooted. You know, if you if you try to put, you know, your modified life in front of Christ, in front of what he has planned for you, it's not going to work out. You know, we get ourselves into so many messes as Christians. And I would say 97% of the time, it's our fault. Yeah. Like we look back at it and we're like, why on earth am I this far in, you know, why am I so caught up on this particular sin? Why am I, we did it. It's our fault. You know, for men, this was a big thing at PTP. And I'm going to say the P word and everyone calm down. But they had so many classes about helping Christian men get away from porn. That was a big thing. And, I mean, that was, I mean, they had to be mature to go sit in them, obviously. I wouldn't send a kid in there. Yeah. But, I mean, that was a big thing because that's a big problem in Christian men. There was some kind of poll and it shocked me, but I can't remember that. I won't say it. But a lot more, a lot more people deal with this than what... You would think. Yeah. And so, but the problem is we, we've, we've gotten ourselves into this problem. Well, whose fault is that? It's ours. Yeah. We're the ones that, not, I'm not saying me or you, but I mean our humans, we're the ones that produced it. We're the ones that made it so easily to get to that. Nothing, none of that was part of God's plan. Yeah. But we're the ones that modified our lives and said, oh, you know, we could put this on the internet and make money and, you know, all these things. And that's... I'm just using that as an example because yeah. it's prevalent. Oh, yeah. And that, that's what we, you know, we get ourselves into these problems and we're like, why would God put this on me? He didn't. You did. Right. You did it. It's your fault. And so that's the thing, you know, we, we, we want to cast all of our blame to God, but we, we did it. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, I'm just using that as an example. But and then in verse 14, let them alone. They are blind guides. And if blind lead the blind, both will fall into the pit. And this, guys, that's a scary verse. Because so many people think that they know what the Bible says, they know what they're supposed to do, and they don't. Yeah, you can get bad at this. Yeah, and then they go and tell somebody else, well, in order for you to be a Christian, you can do this, 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 and this. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. And they'll go do it. And then it's like the blind leading the blind. Right. You know, you have to study the Word of God for yourself. You know, as a preacher who stands in the pulpit, not every week, but frequently, don't take what anybody says. No, you know, do don't you. don't take what... In, that's why, you know, we're reading a book in our Wednesday night class right now. Do you want to say we? or There are a few of us reading a book. <laughs> and, to that, and honestly, I was going to get in, not a rant. I mean, it frustrates me because I've tried to get a class of 15 people to read this book and three of us are reading it. It's not a hard And don't be upset, everyone, if you're listening and you're in my class. You know my feelings. But what frustrates me is not that they're not reading, but it's I'm teaching a class and it's my opinion. Yeah. Read it for yourself and you come up with your own opinion and let's talk about it. Yeah. You know, that's they're, they're just taking the words coming out of my mouth as, okay, it sounds good. Yeah. And so many people do that. That is a problem in the church. You know, it, well, Richard said it or Dylan said it. It must be the truth. Don't believe that. Now, we're obviously not going to, uh, you know, on purpose lead you astray. Mm-hmm. 
But anytime we deal with humans, there's going to be mistakes. Yeah, error. We're not perfect. You know, we would never lead anybody astray on purpose. But read for yourself because if you don't, if you just well, so and so said it, so that must be truth. Don't don't ever take somebody's word as the gospel of Jesus. Mm-hmm. The gospel of Christ is written. You can buy it anywhere. You can go to a hotel and take it with you if you want to. The Gideons placed it there. The Gideons. So I don't even know who that is. But anyway, so I'm just saying don't take somebody else's word for the gospel of Christ. Because if you do that and they made a mistake, well, then you're taking their mistake and you're like, oh, that's the truth. And then you're passing it on and on and on and on. Going. And it's the blind leading the blind. That's what the Pharisees are doing. They're like, well, I have my word that I go by, yeah. and I'm going to go teach other people about it. Well, they don't know what they're talking about. Well, now somebody else doesn't know what they're talking about, and it's just a cluster right. of false information. The church is flooded with this problem because, and, and I'm not saying, I'm not bashing anybody, but read the Bible for yourself. You know, have your own study time. Have I've been dying this week without my Bible. Again, I even was there Monday night and didn't get it. But, I mean, reading it on my phone, I'm just like... It's easy to get distracted. You know, but it is. Because when you get a text or whatever, you're like, oh, you know. I'm, but anyway, that that's what he's explaining here. And so Peter responds in verse 15 and says, explain it to us further. And he says, are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth... Pa- pa- the- <laughs> Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. He repeats it two times. Okay, For out of the heart come uh, evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. Guys, we can't, we cannot get to heaven by ourselves. Because our heart, unfortunately are filled with evil thoughts with you know all these I won't list all the examples again but that's unfortunately we are not as good a people as we think we are yeah and we can try I mean, that's what we're as Christians are to do we are to try yes you know but if you try to do it on your own without the Bible without the word of God what comes out of your heart is evil thoughts, sexual immorality, murder, theft, all these things. And that's it's not what God destined us for. But that's, unfortunately, the battle we're up against. So don't think because you're a Christian that you don't have to read the Bible and understand it. You need it now more than ever. Because, yeah, you're a Christian, and yes, your priorities are where they're supposed to be. However, well, I hope. But however... You, you need the word of God every day because out of your heart, unfortunately, are still those evil thoughts sometimes. So that's what he's trying to explain to the disciples. And at the end, a little jab, that's what defiles a person. But to eat without unwashed hands does not defile anyone. Yeah. I think that was funny. little sarcasm. Yeah. So in verse 21, it says, anything else on that? Oh, no, keep going. Verse 21, it says, And Jesus went away from there and withdrew... Uh, to the districts of Tyre and Sidon, and behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. And he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. 
And he answered, It is not right to take the child's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat and the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then uh, Jesus answered him, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. So I got goosebumps reading that because, again, and we ran into this last week that this woman is crying out um, to Jesus, a Canaanite woman. And she's crying to him, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by this demon. There's two lessons here. We're going to uncover the, the very easy one to see and then maybe the one that you don't think about. Um, but the disciples, when she comes to them, she's crying out to them. And that's what I think is funny is she's not, she's not asking. Yeah. You know, it's in verse 23, came and begged, or the disciples begged him, okay, but then send her away for she's crying after us. Like she's not, they're not just saying, well, she's just here asking. Like she's crying, crying yeah. out to us. But the disciples say, just send her away. And he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So there's a little bit of a, um, what would you call it? A division here. And Jesus is saying, well, you know, but then there's 25. But she came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dog. And she said, yes, but even the dogs eat. And that's, that was her response. <laughs> Even the dogs eat from the crumbs that fall from the master's table. So she is like firing on all cylinders, begging him, just help. That's all I want you to do. And in verse 28, he says, because of your faith, and I'm putting this into our words, because of your faith, I'll do it. And so obviously Jesus again is contradicting the disciples here and saying I'm not going to send her away you know because but she is I mean begging Jesus at this point and because of her faith healed you know we talked about that in class last week about your friend's faith and all you know how important that is but your faith is more important than anybody's if you don't have faith what are you even doing blindly in the blind exactly you know if we don't have faith in in Christ then why are you a Christian? You know, it's you think about work. I love my job. I do. But I have faith that every Friday morning when I open my phone, there's going to be a paycheck there. That's why, that's why I go to work. <laughs> I mean, I love the people. I mean, gr they're great. But, I mean, I go to work because I have bills to pay. Yeah. I have a mortgage. Huh. That's kind of scary. <laughs> but, I mean, I have bills to pay. Now, would I do it for free? No. Sorry. I mean, if I, if I was set for life, maybe, but I'm not. You know, I don't know of anybody that would just say, I would do my job for free. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. No. <laughs> you know, you, I have faith that every Friday, boop, check. So the same thing goes as Christians. As You know, we as Christians need to have faith that what? We're going to get a home in heaven. Mm -hmm. But if, if you don't have faith in heaven, then just like what you just said, it's the blind lead the blind. But because of this woman's faith in Christ, her daughter was healed. And normally would not have been healed. But she consistently over and over and over. And that's what we as Christians need to be. But when we don't have faith, and this is the lesson that maybe we'll uncover a little bit. You know, 
what happens do you think when a Christian realizes that they don't have faith? What do you think happens? They ask a question. I don't want to catch you off guard. No, yeah. They, they ask a question of, well, why don't I have faith right now? And then a lot of times they can't answer the question. Mm-hmm. So you just continue on over and over and over not having faith. And I think that's a problem. This is my opinion, but I think that's a problem, you know, especially in our generation. Well, I've been a Christian for 10 years, you know. Now what? And you're like, well, why don't I have faith? I don't know. Well, okay, I guess I'll just keep going to church like normal and not address this problem. Yeah. And let dead dogs lie. You know, that's that's the issue that we run into. We're like, I don't know why I don't have faith. I don't know why I'm in a slump. I don't know why, but I am, and I can't fix it. Well, that's not true. Yeah. But she cried out to the Lord and said, have mercy on me in verse 22. Have mercy on me. You know, she had to realize she had a problem and then go ask for help. And I don't know why we get on our Christian high horses and won't ask for help. And that that's what I uncover from this, the end of this, well, the end of this lesson about, not the whole chapter, but the end of this section, I guess, in Matthew 15. But... Don't be afraid to look up to God and say, I need your help. Have mercy on me and be consistent. Beg him. Who cares? He's the father of the universe. We can look at him and say, I've done it. I don't know what to do. Help me. You know, it's hard to ask people for help, you know, but as Christians, if I'm struggling with something and I know Jackson can help me. I should be able, and this is the truth, you should be able to sit down and say, I'm struggling with this. I need help with this. Can you help me? And as another Christian, you should say, yeah, I'll help you. I'm I'm not talking about worldly things. I'm talking about as a Christian. I'm struggling with this sin. Am I comfortable going and asking the random dude that walked in? Probably not. I don't know him. But I know you. I can sit down and say, "I'm, I'm having a hard time with this. But we won't. We don't do it. Because we think nobody else is struggling with this problem but me. And if I ask somebody about it, well, then they're going to think I'm dumb. Or if I go to God with this, he's going to be disappointed in me. That's not right. You know, this woman, she laid every stereotype aside and said, though I'm a Canaanite woman, I'm going to Jesus because my daughter needs help. And we need to look at that and say, though I'm a sinner, though I fall away, though I lose faith, though I make bad decisions, though my heart isn't always where it needs to be, we need to put the stereotype aside and say, God, have mercy on me. Help me. Because we're not going to get to heaven if we don't. If you don't call on God and say, help me, we're not going to get to heaven. We're not. Yeah. Because we can't do it by ourselves. We can't do it. And you, you need to be able to look at your Christian friends and say, have mercy on me and help me. Because we, we mess up. We make mistakes. We hurt people's feelings when we don't need to. We get caught up in sin that we don't need to get caught up in. And we ask ourselves a question. Why? And then we don't know why. And then we don't fix it. And that's the problem as Christians. You know, it's not the catastrophic event 
that will keep you out of heaven. It is the little things that keep happening over and over and over that you don't think about because you don't know what to do. Yeah. That's what will keep you out of heaven. It's not the catastrophic thing that's going to pull you away from the church. It's the, the times where you need help, but you don't ask for the help. And we need to be willing to say, I've messed up. I, 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 I need to get myself out of this. And the only way to get myself out of it is to call on God and say, have mercy on me. Because if we, if we aren't willing to do that, and I'm going to make a broad statement here, if we aren't willing to invite God into our lives, be intimate with God to where he knows what's going on, and well, he knows what's going on, but invite him into our life where we're willing to share it yeah. freely without him knowing, you know, we're not going to get to heaven. We're not. And her daughter wouldn't have been healed if she wouldn't have shut everything else out and said, I am going to go to Christ. Though I've messed up, though I was born a Canaanite woman, I'm going to go seek God's guidance because he's the only one that can do this. The only person that can get you to heaven is Christ. So we need to have the attitude of her and say, I'm going to put myself away, put myself to the side and say, I need help. And whether that's a Christian to Christian help or privately to God say, I need your help. So that's the hidden meaning behind that, I think. That's, again, my opinion. Don't take my opinion for the gospel because that's not what it is. But that's all I got. Me too. So we hope you have a great week. And tune in next week for a very special last one. episode. Ever. Not last one ever. Just no, last yeah, one no, here. Yeah, last one in our um, small room that's always very cold. True. So Very true. And weird lighting. So, we hope you have a great week, and don't forget, God loves you, and so do we. Have a good week. See y'all. And see you now, because I couldn't find the button. (laughs) So, goodbye again. (laughs)